Jaguars Digital. Jaguars, Jaguars Digital. Jaguars Drive Time. Brian Sexton. John Osher. Ashlyn Sullivan. Jaguars Drive Time starts right now. Good morning. Happy Tuesday to you here in Jacksonville. I feel like I say it every week, but what a beautiful day. Get outside and enjoy it. Keep both hands on the wheel, though, for the next half hour. Jags Drive Time rolling with you here on TuneIn Radio and on social media. Brian Sexton along with John Osier, Ashlyn Sullivan will be here shortly. Call this the in-between week, the week in between the Combine and the start of free agency. So we have plenty to talk about. Here's the senior writer for the website right now, John Osher. The in-between week. That's the in-between week. That's clever. Well, you we know, have a way with words. Well, I worked on you just it. Just use you know? it. You guys were in Indy last week, so I had plenty of time to think. How am I going to start the next week's show? Well, it's uh, time well spent. Wrap up the combine for me. How different was it for you to be there knowing this team was picking 29th? Your story ideas, your mm-hmm. stories had to be completely different than they had been. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I found the questions to Dave Caldwell and the topics – and that's sort of, you know, for people who don't follow it absolutely closely, uh, what we do when you go to the Combine is, you know, you spend one day usually talking to your guys. It's the head coach. It's, it's, it's uh, the general manager. And that's the big part of the week. And then the rest of the time, you sort of watch the prospects. You try to get a feel. You talk to national guys about your team. You know, it's, it, it's a little more of a uh, supplement to the main day. Well, on the main day this year, the tone of the questions was a lot different. You know, it... it there was no talk to a Dave Caldwell about, hey, are you interested in trading the number three pick this year? Or are you, you know, uh, what guys are you looking at at two, three, four, five? When you're in the top five, there's a lot more focus on your pick, and you have a lot better idea. You're walking over to look at Jalen Ramsey talking the podium or Dante Fowler or Joey Bosa a couple of years back to get a feel. This year, there's really not that. So it's a good thing, but I, I think the – thrust of our coverage was more talking to national people about the Jaguars, getting a feel from Dave Caldwell about free agency, getting a feel from Doug about things. So um, it, it didn't change the structure of the week, but it's certainly uh, it's different and it's better because the reason it's better is you just played in the AFC Championship game. So I, I'm sure you would agree that it's probably worthwhile for people to go to the archives and watch the coverage from last week. Oh, absolutely. Uh your national interviews. Mm-hmm. Was there a common theme from some of these guys, their approach to the Jaguars? Were um, they believers in the Blake Bortles move, or were they suspicious of you know the Jaguars' motives at quarterback? Yeah, I mean, uh, there was a surprise on the part of some. I think the people who were really tied into this franchise, guys like uh, Alex Marvez, John Clayton, uh, Judy Batista. You know, who maybe have a little better connection and uh, spend more time thinking about this franchise than some of the people we had on were less surprised because they know um, what uh, Tom Coughlin's philosophies are. They know what the organization's about. They had a feel for what they for, for what the organization believes about Blake Bortles. I think if you don't follow the team closely. And all you do is sort of sit back and study the league off the national narrator, off the Twitter reaction. Then you were surprised because you're thinking, well, everybody knows Blake's terrible, so why would you bring him back? 
Well, if if you follow the team, then you know that that's really not the reality, and that this team is built and believes in Blake's progress, et cetera, et cetera. So, again, I think it's sort of reflected the narrative that we always see, which is that if you don't follow the team closely, you're surprised at some of the moves, especially with the quarterback. If you do, then you understand the direction they're going. All right. So back from the combine and our stuff with John today, obviously we'll be focused heavily on that. And uh, time now for big things. Ashlyn Sullivan was here with me, and uh, we held the fort down and had plenty of time to talk about what we're going to talk about. So what are we going to talk about, Ashlyn? Big thing number one, scenarios involving number 15. Now, whether the Jaguars, Jaguars will use the franchise tag on Allen Robinson, that deadline is today at 4 p.m. If that does not get done, Allen Robinson becomes one of the most sought-after free agents during this time. Now, you look forward, if that happens, what are the Jaguars' next steps? Do you re-sign Aaron Colvin, and where do you go with Allen Hearns and uh, Marquis Lee? All right, so and that really is the topic today, because 4 o'clock, you have been steadfast. You don't expect the Jaguars right. to use the tag. Well, first of all, if, if it doesn't happen today, they still have Allen's exclusive. You know, the game is not over right. until a week from tomorrow. The 14th. Right. So he's still not a free agent of the 14th, and they still have exclusive negotiating rights with Allen until the negotiating window opens on the 12th. Still, it's so, a pretty big statement if you don't tag him. It's, uh, yeah, because it says that it, there's two things that can happen right now. He can either be tagged or they can agree to a deal. Well, three, or, or he can walk. Right. Well, this takes one of the three out the window, and no, I don't believe they're going to because – there was so much, and I'm sure we'll get into it, there was so much said at the Combine from Dave Caldwell about what they want to do in free agency. They want to address offense. They want to make some moves. And it was clear to me, listening to Dave Caldwell, that $16 million Allen Robinson will preclude too much of that. So, I, you know, it was anything pretty- can happen. I've been surprised before, but I would be shocked if at 4 o'clock – They tag Allen Robinson. John, it was pretty obvious to me, again, here, watching and listening and reading Dave Caldwell, that there's a number for Allen that they've Mm -hmm. got. They're not going above it because the future, right, with the guys on defense that Dave mentioned, uh, because of the present, what they want to do this year. What was the comment that he made? You wrote it. It was prominent in your story. I think it was, we want to go be aggressive and go finish this thing. Yeah. In free agency, well, you can't break the bank for one player if that's what you want to get done. I think probably the best way to think of this is if you think back, I think it was a couple years ago, they were in on Olivier Vernon and a DeMarco Murray. I, I believe it was the same year. and It was two years ago. We all followed it on Twitter. You know, We heard the buzz inside the building, the bidding war. It was going up and up and up. And then all of a sudden the tweets came out of Jaguars are out. And, you know, of course, oh, my goodness, how could they be out? What are they doing? What are they doing? Well, they reached a number. And they really, really wanted those players. They wanted, they really wanted Olivier Vernon. They sort of wanted DeMarco Murray. But they were in on it, and they kept going up and up and up. And then there was a point where it's like, okay, we've, this is our plateau, and you have to stop somewhere. And I think that's the way to think about it with Allen Robinson. Now, somebody said to me yesterday, yeah, but this is their own guy. Well, it is their own guy, but at the same time, they also know that they have to have a stopping point with even their own guy. Right. Because if if you pay this too much and preclude yourself from doing other things, not only that, but if if you do long-term, then it precludes you from doing a lot of things long-term. 
I just don't think it's going to happen. We've reached a point now with this fan base that many of them don't recognize, and that is letting players go, mm-hmm. being tight against the cap, right? And right. tight is a relative term. Tight used to mean you, you had a couple hundred thousand dollars. Tight now means you've got about $30 million, which is around the league average, and you've got players to resign. Right. You've got guys that you have to let go. We have not seen that here, but Allen Robinson will probably be that first if he gets out. He'll be, not probably, he will be that first guy right. who you have to get away from and replace. Before, uh, good. Well, I was just going to say, the replacements, the scenario here. I mean, it's a game of replacement. Mm-hmm. You can't maintain. Not in this game. Not with the injuries that come on. Not with a salary cap. So in a game of replacement, how do they replace Allen Robinson? That's the real question. Is it a draft choice? Is it bringing Marquise Lee back? Right. I, I, my guess is it would be Kevin Cole, Diddy Westbrook, obviously. Uh Marquise Lee back at a lower, I mean, uh, four to five million, right, in that range. If it's the eight million they keep hearing, I, d- I don't think it happens. And I think you draft a guy. And I think the best way to explain the A Rob situation, especially with the franchise tag, is he's coming off an ACL, and I don't believe that that's going to hurt him long term because of the way he plays, because he's young, et cetera. But if you're offering the guy a franchise tag, and it's, which is essentially a one-year deal. The one year that can be really difficult off of an ACL is the comeback year. So are you going to pay $16 million, if you're not sure he's a $16 million Absolute player top in the first of the market, place, right. to get a guy who is going to probably not be there in OTAs and that you're limiting in camp, and then there is a ramp-up period, that's a tough call. So that is part of the thinking, I'm sure, is what are we paying for the money? You know, all of those things come into play, and it leads up to a situation where it, it's just, I think it's going to be too high a price to pay right now. Well, great player, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, the marketplace will probably offer more than the Jaguars are willing to pay. Because you're going to get a couple of people part. involved, right. and it's going gonna, it's gonna to bump it up into a very high-risk contract. But John, you got to the AFC Championship game without him, mm-hmm. right? And you've got young receivers, and you've got more needs. If you're going to finish this thing off, you probably can't afford to do it with him. Not with the way that the market is. Not I'm, regrettably, just, yeah. Because I think they're, you know, it, it's ironic to say I do think they're better if he's on the field. Oh, no one's arguing that. But the question is how much better there at the expense of other spots. Maintaining here, maintaining here, improving here. I'm, you know, I'm afraid for the Allen Robinson gang the pro gang that this is going to outweigh this all right more to come here on jags drive time on a tuesday morning when we come back more big things with ashlyn sullivan plus ozone snapshot and a look at the week ahead here on jags drive time on a beautiful tuesday morning back in one minute what do you call a pack of jaguars a jamboree the Jacksonville Jaguars want to offer a big thank you to the five local companies who've made the Jaguars Jamboree a party that never stops. Everbank, Baptist Health, Dreamfinders Homes, Publix, and U.S. Assure. Each of these partners provides unmatched support and dedication to the team year in and year out and help make game day special. Jaguars fans, join the Jamboree and support these companies and all the partners who support the team. Jags fans, experience Everbank Field like never before. Visit jaguars.com slash tours and book a guided behind-the-scenes tour. 
hear stories of great plays by Jaguars legends, get up close and personal with the famous video boards, and see why the Travel Channel name Everbank Field is one of the 15 bucket list destinations for any football fan. Discounts available for children, first responders, and military. Visit jaguars.com slash tours for tickets and details. See you at the bank. Welcome back to Jags Dry Time. I'm this Tuesday morning here with big thing number two, quarterbacks. Always a major talking point in the offseason, especially this week when you're coming after the combine and you've heard all week about how talented this quarterback class is. So how does this affect the Jaguars? It affects backup quarterback Chad Henney much more so than Blake Bortles with that new contract, guys. It does. <laughs> I thought you had something else to say. By the way, the quarterback class of 1983, Ashlyn, something you should do some research on. We're going to talk about that a lot. All right, I'll look one. into it. Look at this guy named Dan Marino. You might have heard I've of heard him. of him yeah, once I or twice. Maybe you had. John Elway's <laughs> in that one, too. Pretty good class of quarterbacks. Um, the thought seemed to be coming out of Indianapolis that while this may not be the quality, you can't point and go, absolutely. Because everyone knew those two guys and Jim Kelly mm-hmm. were going to be great quarterbacks. Um, the numbers might be there for the first time since 83, but it would be a quarterback heavy, dominated even first round. Well, it's possible you have six, and I think the intriguing thing about this class is in 83, you knew that Elway was the guy, right. and he was going to go number one, and you had the slide for Marino that eventually ended with him winding up with the Dolphins, who were a playoff contending team, and then you had a perfect storm, and that franchise stayed good for a long time with him. This year, there's a lot of debate at the comment. I don't think anybody really has a real feel for who's going to go one. You keep hearing uh, Sam Darnold, but then there's this Josh Allen thing with the absolute unbelievable arm talent, the unbelievable talent. And usually in the NFL, by the time it gets down to draft night, that chip wins out over everything. So I'm expecting right now Josh Allen goes number one. Yeah, I think so too. Just because you just don't get that talent. He's got all the intangibles, too, by the way. It's not just the arm talent that he brings to it. The the question on him is, and correct me if I'm wrong, you heard differently in Indianapolis, was that he played at Wyoming. Mm -hmm. So you're looking at all the talent around him. Wyoming, not a hotbed of NFL talent. And so it's tough to judge what he did. But when you talk to the kid and when you watch him throw, I don't watch a lot of the combine coverage. I just don't. It doesn't excite me to watch guys run the 40. But I did watch the quarterback coverage Mm -hmm. because I wanted to see the arm. And I saw the 70-yard throw, and I thought – Wow, that's there's he's the only guy that can do that in this. He draft. just throws different than the other guys. Yeah. Even on the short stuff, the ball comes out different, et cetera. Thing about Josh Allen, you hear, well, uh, he didn't win a whole lot at Wyoming, which which scares people because he didn't lift his team. And then you hear the opposite of, well, he didn't have anybody around him to lift, so you struggled. And, the question is, how many other Wyoming guys were there at the combine? Right, and were there any? And the accuracy stuff. He his his completion percentage was low. And then, of course, you're going to have people on the side of, well, people, you know, other players dropped a lot of passes, ran a lot of bad routes, or is it the kid's fault? And usually that's a lot of pre-draft debate, and when the arm talent is there, the debate goes away, and they draft him, and they see what happens. So we didn't make this a big thing because we wanted to talk about the Jaguars and quarterback, although there will be some people that will. It's If the quarterback crop is that good or mm-hmm. is that enticing, it's going to push guys down the board. Sure. Because teams are going to grab quarterbacks while they can, which means offensive tackles, of which there are a number of them, could get pushed down. Wide receivers, of which there aren't that many, right. could get pushed down. 
you could see trades into the first round, around the first round, for quarterbacks that push guys down the board. It makes 29 a really good spot to be in. It makes it for several reasons. First, the players available. Uh, tight end, offensive guard, and wide receiver, I think most people, and offensive tackle, most people would expect the Jaguars pick to come out of that group. Well, first of all, it's always sort of a good year to be at 29 for those because those are usually positions where you can get at least some level of quality player. The only real exception to that is if you're looking for a left tackle on the offensive line, there are people who get scared about drafting left tackle that late in the first round because the theory is if if they're really, really good, really first-round quality, they're already gone by that point. But right tackle, which is probably what the Jaguars would be looking at, different story, that's fine. Uh, the other side of it is you figure if Lamar Jackson or Mason Rudolph are there, which are the two guys outside the top four that could go in the first round, then are you talking a situation where a team at 35 wants to come up to you and get 29. I don't think the Jaguars would drift way, way back with a trade, but would they trade back four or five slots? Teams want to get in the first round or draft a quarterback because it gives them an extra year. Instead of a four-year contract, they get the fifth-year option. So a team wanting to come up, it would make sense for the Jaguars, who you figure need, hey, maybe an extra offensive guard in a, with a third-round pick they might pick up. It would make sense this year to trade back it often makes sense to trade back opportunity not always there this year the opportunity might be there all right ashland and the quarterback crop could be so good that the jaguars find themselves with a lot of choices on draft day absolutely big thing number three we've already discussed it a little bit 29 is a really good place to be it means you're coming off a winning season the jaguars have picked in the top 10 the past 10 years this is an awesome place to be for this franchise and the fan base you hope to be here for many seasons to come, guys. Yeah, you'd like to be here. And, and we talked a little bit about why 29 is a good spot to be. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're going for those positions, tight end guard, uh, wide receiver is a little different, but tight end and guard in particular are two positions that teams don't generally look for in the first round. Right. So when you're sitting in that spot, those guys generally come to you. Right. You don't really have to go up is what I'm saying. You use it, uh, Somebody asked me in the Ozone uh, a couple of days ago, um, Tell me about 29. Are there great players picked here? Well, first of all, that's really difficult because you can say, and it hasn't been a great history at 29. Nick Mangold might be the best player picked at 29. He's pretty good. Well, it, 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 And that's fine. Uh, but there's also guys who get past. You can find a great player at 29. All you got to do is draft him and not let him pass. Now, that's not always easy, obviously. But when you get to the point at 29 – and you're looking at guard, you're looking at tight end, you are talking about positions where you can draft a guy who's really, really good, who maybe in 15 years isn't looked back on as, oh my goodness, what a great pick, but a very good player for what you need now, an interior lineman, a tight end who can move. Maybe he's not headed to the Hall of Fame, but right now they don't need guards and tight ends who are headed to the Hall of Fame. They need guards and tight ends who can do the job that they need. There are holes there that they can fill. My answer is if you pick the right guy. Right. Right? I mean, if the right guy is available to you and you pick him, then, yeah, you can find a great player at 29. Remember, A.J. Boye wasn't drafted. Right. And the big guard in this year's class who, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, where can the Jaguars help the offensive line? The guard from Carolina, Norrell. Mm-hmm. Not drafted. Well, not drafted. Right. I mean, so, yeah, if you can find guys who become premier players in free agency in the undrafted ranks – 
Yeah, you can get a great player at 29. You just got to know the right one to pick. You got to make the pick. All right. We'll try and do that here over the next couple of months as we get set for the NFL draft. Until then, we'll take a break and come back with Ozone Snapshot here on a Tuesday on Jags Drive Time. Back in 60 seconds. Jags fans, experience Everbank Field like never before. Visit jaguars.com slash tours and book a guided behind-the-scenes tour. Hear stories of great plays by Jaguars legends. Get up close and personal with the famous video boards and see why the travel channel named Everbank Field is one of the 15 bucket list destinations for any football fan. Discounts available for children, first responders, and military. Visit jaguars.com slash tours for tickets and details. See you at the bank. What do you call a pack of Jaguars? A jamboree. The Jacksonville Jaguars want to offer a big thank you to the five local companies who've made the Jaguars jamboree a party that never stops. Everbank, Baptist Health, Dreamfinders Homes, Publix, and U.S. Assure. Each of these partners provides unmatched support and dedication to the team year in and year out and help make game day special. Jaguars fans, join the Jamboree and support these companies and all the partners who support the team. Happy to have you back with us on Jags Drive Time. It's time for some Ozone Snapshots. The first one, Brian from New Hampshire. Reports are the Jags are still looking at free agents to push Bortles. What are your thoughts on Teddy Bridgewater? Out of all the free agent quarterbacks, I think I think he would be the cheapest and most likely willing to sign a deal to complete because of the injury. He'd be an upgrade over Chad Henney for backup. Yeah, I guess I included this because I want to talk about the word reports. I love it. <laughs> Go um, for it. A lesson in journalism here this morning, folks. Well, you know, and I get that there are reports out there about things, and reports are great. But if you're paying attention to this team right now, I'm not saying either Teddy Bridgewater, if he's available for a million five dollars a year, that that wouldn't make sense to bring him in. But this thought out there right now that the Jaguars are going to make a push for some sort of big name, and we say big name in the backup quarterback world, we're talking about Sam Bradford, Bridgewater, a guy who most people think won't be a starter, but could come in and and and, and be a sexy pick during OTAs and get us talking and get you and me debating who should start. I just don't see that happening, Brian. So... All these reports, and I saw uh, Trey Wingo on ESPN, and not to uh, bash Trey, everybody makes mistakes, pick Bridgewater as the starter for this team next oh. year. Well, I don't think that's going to happen. Right. I mean, and, you know, I might do this show barefoot next year I if don't, that happens. It didn't happen. And uh, we don't want that. So I don't think that's going to happen. And, I, you know, I, I think it's time to start. It, if you're watching this team, don't worry about the reports that talk about quarterback who's not Blake Bortles for this team right. next year. And don't worry about the Jaguars needing to push Blake Bortles. I, right, that's not the narrative right now. No, no. It's look, not going to happen. They did that last year. They got the result that they wanted, right? I don't see Blake Bortles as somebody who now needs to be pushed externally. He'll be right. pushed internally. By the way, um, it's pro football. It's about the money now. He's motivated right. by the money. Well, think about it this way. You just said they did that last year. And they sort of did. Uh, Chad Henney in... In uh, the uh, third yeah. of the preseason, well, was, but what legit. they didn't do, if you think about, they didn't go out and get a Bradford type no. guy no. last year to push him, right? And he hadn't made the AFC Championship game before, so right. 
they're not going to do that this year. This is not the year that you're going to get Blake at $11 million cap hit and a $9 million guy going head-to-head. That's nope. not going to be the – And they don't need to do that. Right. They, that's not where Blake Bortles is right now. They don't need it, Ashlyn. I agree. Ozone number two, Samir from Orlando. Let's assume Colvin is re-signed and A-Rob walks. What is a smarter choice, keeping Hearns at his current contract or cutting him and signing Lee for less money? With Hearns, you have availability, but with Lee, you have upside. What is more important? Well, you know, it's uh, it's funny about perception, first of all. And I'm not sure what the answer is as far as Hearns versus Lee. I would go Lee because... There are moments where you have to defend him because of his athleticism and his, his speed. explosive speed. As good as Hearns has been, as reliable as he has been at times, he doesn't have that quick twitch explosiveness, et cetera, that scares defenses the way Lee does. But it was interesting that part of this question was about Hearns has the reliability. He missed well, 11 games the last two years. And that is, again, going back to an old narrative about Marquise Lee. If the Jaguars like anything about Marquise Lee right now, it's the fact that this past year he played through injuries most of the year and was on the field even – and I'm not saying he deserves a medal for this, but he played through a lot last year. This building doesn't look at Marquise Lee and think, oh, my goodness, if we re-sign him, is he going to be on the field? This is a tough kid who plays hard. So, And Hearns, through no fault of his own right. – has had injuries the last two years that has kept him out far longer than Marquise Lee. So if it's durability, availability, Marquise Lee's a choice. I think if if the contract's right and A-Rob is not back, I think Marquise Lee is back in some capacity. Yeah, and there's an old saying in this game that you don't go from the starting lineup to the bench. You go from the starting lineup to the street. Uh, not that they need to cut Alan Hearns, but you don't go from $7 million to $1 million. They don't do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to go that strong because I think that's still a possibility. But uh, I would be if, – if that happens, I think it, it would be because they couldn't work out something with either A-Rob or Marquise. All right. Back to Ashland. One more from the uh, Ozone Mailbag. Let's wrap up here with Ed. I hate drafting at 29. Too much to think about. Drafting in the top five was way easier. John? Yeah, I don't like thinking much either, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, I mean, Ed, There's not much to say about that. Me and Ed. A lot of thinking. Birds of a feather. Right. <laughs> there are two of you. That's right. Who knew? Maybe Who knew? I am Ed. Did you send in that question? We've uh, never seen that. we've never seen the two of us in the same room together. No. All right. Maybe think about that. I'm Ed. Chew on that for a while, Schlin. Oh, jeez. We're going to all. Day You're making me think one. too much. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. Who wants to think too much? <laughs> Not me. But on a serious note, the way the Jaguars approached this combine, the mm-hmm. way they've approached scouting this year, is a lot different than they have in recent years. Well, and as Dave Collins said, the combine it's different for the first round. After the first round, it really doesn't change the entire structure of what these guys are doing. They're still scouting the same guys, but they have to be more ready. They have to have more scenarios in place for the first round. Instead of knowing five guys that you're going to pick, it's more about groups and having levels of players as you get close to number 29. All right. That'll do it for another week of... Jags Drive Time here on TuneIn Radio and on social media. Thanks for joining us. We're back next week to preview Free Agency, which starts a week from Wednesday. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. Thanks so much for your time this morning.